Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. jump around in my, my first reading, so I'm not going to have, you know, read a, like a, a text at first, so I'm going to kind of start talking, then I'm going to just refer to the scripture, but, so I'm, let's, let's just go to the Lord of prayer right now. Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Lord, thank you for this old time, Lord Jesus, for you to minister through us, Lord. Lord Jesus, touch me, Lord Jesus, that I can minister your word, that I can be anointed, Lord Jesus. Let me get self and flesh out of the way, Lord. Let you speak through me today, Lord Jesus, this word, this message, Lord Jesus, that you've gave me, Lord. Lord Jesus, touch us and anoint our ears today, Lord, that we can hear this word, Lord, that we can apply this word to our life. Lord Jesus, and touch us and anoint us today, Lord Jesus, in your presence and your anointing today. Lord Jesus, you may be seated. Today I'm going to talk to you from this thought, no room for compromise. I'm going if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 8, I'm going to kind of read a different, couple of different scriptures in Exodus. So that's why I didn't actually read a text. But today is, is the part where I'm going to read, and I just wanted to kind of explain, because I'm going to kind of be, maybe seem like I'm jumping around in the scripture, but I just want to bring out some points in the story of Moses. Here he is deliberating with Pharaoh to bring, his pe- bring the people out. You know, God is sending him to lead the people out of Egypt. And here he is deliberating. And through this, the scriptures, I'm, I'm not going to read every scripture and I'm not going to refer to the whole story. The story is pretty familiar. You know, there's a lot of plagues and a lot of things happens between the scriptures that I'm going to read today. But the gist of it is, is the, the conversation between Moses and Pharaoh is the part I want to bring out of this story. Today in Exodus chapter 8, verse 27, I'm going to read... Right before that, right before this is where Moses is asking Pharaoh if he can carry his people out to worship God. He's wanting them to lead them out of you know out of the influence of under the influence of the Egyptians, the one that has captive over them. He wants to lead them out to worship. That's what he's at the question he asks us. In verse thirty, verse twenty-seven, he says, "We will go out three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, as he will he sh- as he shall command." us 28 says and pharaoh said i will let you go that ye may sacrifice to the lord your god in the wilderness only ye shall not go very far away and treat for me pharaoh says okay moses you can go out you can go worship your god but just don't go very far he says he says just just you can go a little ways but stay right here close enough pharaoh was saying you can go worship but stay under my influence. Stay under my reach. Stay where I can keep my hands upon you. Maybe where I can limit what you worship. He wanted that. He wanted us to stay right. He wanted them to stay close enough. Maybe that he could. He could. 
hear in what they were worshiping, what they were saying, what he was telling them. He wanted to stay close enough. They didn't get out under his, out under his influence. He wanted them to stay close enough that not get too much separation between the influences of Egypt and the influences of Moses on their life. <clears throat> there, this is how the enemy works in our life. He, he's okay with us coming to church. He's okay with us doing some things for God. As long as we stay, we don't get too far away from him. As long as we stay too close to the world, as long as the, you know, the influences of the world is still in our life, he's okay with us doing some things for God. But as long as we stay close. Judges chapter 16, we find Samson. Samson had a problem with staying too close to the world. In the story of, in chapter 16, we find Samson several times here with his head lying in the enemy's lap. He would do great things, but then we'd find Samson right back lying in the lap of the enemy. That's because Samson wasn't getting completely away from the enemy. He was staying close enough that that influence, that drawing was still on his life. Brother Chris today, he talked about, he talked about Lot, Abram and Lot. And today I, he, he was talking about this story, and, and I was supposed to speak last week. I was on the schedule, and, and God took over. Any time I'm on the schedule, he can take over because I, I know he can speak things that I can't way better than I can speak. But I, under, I couldn't understand why, why God gave me this message for last week, and then Brother Chris spoke today. And then some of his stuff he tied into what I was saying. So I felt that God let, let it happen the way it happened because Brother Chris needed to say what he needed to say before I said what I needed to say. In the story of Lot, you know, Chris talked about he made some bad decisions. So he kind of speeded some things that I had to, wouldn't have to explain for you today. So he saved a little time because Brother Chris went ahead and talked about that this morning. But, but Lot had made some bad decisions. We find Lot in Sodom. But as, as we find Lot in Sodom, in Genesis, we find the story of Lot. We find Lot being free. You know, when God decided to destroy Sodom, Lot had some mercies that probably he didn't deserve. Because as Brother Chris well stated today, he, he didn't have a real relationship with God. His relationship was because of Abraham. He, uh, Abram, he was, that was the only relationship he had with God. And because Abram's prayer, because Abram's relationship with, with God is the only reason Lot has mercy. And the only reason Lot was gave the chance to save his life. That was the only reason. But here we find Lot. Remember the story of Lot. He was told to escape die to the mountains. He was told to go to the mountains for save your life. I'm fit to destroy Sodom. And he was told to go to the mountains. But look what he said and what Lot did in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 18. He says, And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. When they told him to go to the mountains, he was ordered to go to the mountains. He says, No, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me. And saving my life. Okay, here he is acknowledging mercy of saving his life. And he says, I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Verse 20 says, here's where 
he starts compromising. He says, behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither, and my soul shall live. Here Lot is, he's told to go to the mountain to save his life. But Lot says, well, here's a, here's a little city right here. I think I'm okay. I think this will be far enough away from Sodom. You know, God said he's going to destroy Sodom. He didn't say he was going to destroy this little city. So I believe I'll be okay right here. But here we find Lot compromising on what God had ordered him to do. Okay, God had already gave him mercy of saving his life that he didn't deserve. He didn't have a relationship with God, but he, just, he, he already was, his life was, his family's life was being spared. But here, here he is compromising on what he's told to do. He was hanging too close to the world. Think about this with me today. If, if Lot would have, and I don't have scripture really to, to, for, for exactly this, but just think about this thought. If Lot would have obeyed and fled to the mountains and put some distance, put some real estate between him, his family, and Sodom, he may, not, he may have still had a wife. That's sometimes how in our family, you know, if Lot would have just put some, put some real estate, put some, some area between him, put some mountains between him and Sodom, the, the longing for that Sodom may not have been in, in his wife's heart, heart. And she may not have looked back or she may have had something that blocked in her view because every time she glanced over her shoulder, she, she longed for what she was because she could still see Sodom. And so today I'm putting this question there. Are we staying so close that we, our fam, us or our family is still close enough to that influence of this world that we're longing to go back like Lot's wife? And if we ha- are we staying so close that we have the ability to look and to long back for this world? We can't compromise we have to be separate between this world and we have to put some separation between this world and our families. Jesus asked his disciples to go a little further, a little bit farther into the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, just go a little bit further with me. He asked them to go a little bit further, get a little bit of separation from this world in a time that he needed them to pray with him. Today, God is asking us to go a little bit further with him. He's asking us to get a little bit further away from this world. He's wanting us to go a little bit, get us a little bit more distance to where the influence of this world is not on our life. The the, the chances of us turning back to where God is at, where God is calling us from, what God has brought us from. Sometimes we may be, be brought out of something that we're not deserved. But we may be like Lot. We may be here, we may find ourselves being beneficial to somebody else's relationship. And we may, but we need to get, if we're told to go a little bit further, we need to go a little bit further. Same thing as if we was told to go to Lake City and we decide we get to Beachville, are we far enough? We're just far enough, just, I'll just stop here in Beachville. But God said, let's go to Lake City. And so that's just what sometimes God may be calling us, and that's a literal just a real estate or just some places that we know of. 
But in our life, he may, he's calling us to a deeper walk with him. He's calling us to get a little bit further away from this world. And do not compromise and stop one, one amount of time or amount of area between where God is wanting you to be because you have, it's going to cost you. It costed Lot, and it will cost you if you don't go as far as God wants you to go. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 8, we find Moses and, Moses and Aaron back before Pharaoh. Like I said, that's why I said this, I skipped through, there's been some plagues, there were some reasons they're back because Pharaoh requested them back. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God. But he asks them this question. He says, But who are they that shall go? He's asking, Okay, you can go serve your Lord. You can serve God. But who are you going to carry with you? Verse 9 says that Moses said, We will go with our young, and we will go with our old. We will go with our sons. We'll go with our daughters, with our flocks, and with our herds will we go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. Verse 10, verse, Exodus 10 and 10, Pharaoh answers this, this, this request. He says, kind of sarcastically, he says, I believe there's some sarcastic in his voice. He says, and he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go. And your little ones, look to it, for evil is before you. Verse 11, everything, okay, he says, okay, you can go with your little ones. But then if, if, if you stop there, everything's okay. But look what verse 11 says. He says, first part of verse 11, he says, not so. He says, okay, but go ye, go now ye that are men and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire. And they were driven out of the Pharaoh's presence. He says, he verses sarcastically, he says, okay, you can carry your young, your, your children, you can carry your wife, your children, you can carry everybody. Then he says, not so. He says, but, he, he was just kind of being sarcastic. He says, not so. You can, you, if you're grown men, all you grown men can go. You can go worship if that's what you want to do. But leave your children. Leave your families. You leave them here in Egypt. I think there was two reasons behind Pharaoh wanting them to leave their families there in Egypt. The first one is because he knew any, any father was going to go back. He, they would be back. They weren't going to go very far, and they would be right back because their family's there. Their generations was there. Their future was there. When you leave your children, you're not going to stay far away from them before you're going to go back. And I believe that was one of the reasons that that Pharaoh knew as long as they left the children there, they would be back. The next thing is I think he knows, knew he wanted that next generation of workers. He wanted that next generation of people to stay working for him in, in Egypt. That's the ones that the devil wants. He wants our children. He wants our young, our new, the next generation. One of the reasons he wants our next generation is because he knows if he gets that generation, he has every generation from this time on. I have grew up in church, and I don't want to cast stones at no one, but I grew up in church with people when, that lost out with God, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not casting stones, but 
just to show you how the devil works. If he can, if, if he can draw someone out of church as a young person, when they grow up and they get married, they have children. They have grandchildren. They've, they've took all them generations out of, out of church. Just because he influenced one young person, he can take generations after generations away from God. So, so the devil knows he, who he wants. he wants. He wants anyone he can get. But he has the biggest influence when he goes after the next generation. As a parent, I'd be willing to physically protect at all costs my child. Whatever physically could come against my child, I would give my life for my child or any other child. And I feel that deep in my heart. But a question I have to ask myself, and I ask you here this morning, Am I willing to go at all cost to save the soul of that same child that I was willing to give my life for? Am I doing just doing enough in their life to keep their soul from going to hell? There's no compromise when it comes to the next generation of people in our life. There's nothing that comes through, for, as Joshua said, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We as men, and I'm just talking to the men today, but I'm not just talking to men. We need to be lead and teach our families. We need to teach them, but we need to lead them into worship. Not just in this house, not just in the church, but we need to lead them at home. As Brother Chris talked about this morning, we need to put an altar in our home. We need to teach our kids that we just don't pray in church. We need to instill in them that they need a prayer at home. We need, to, we need to not just tell them to go pray. We need to take them by the hands. And we need to pray with them. They need to hear their moms and their dads in prayer. They need to, we need to teach them and lead them because that's the only way they're going to get. They're not going to go to hell. The only way they're going to get to heaven is by, by what we teach them. We can't do anything, not, not one thing, about our ancestors. There's not one thing we can do about the generation ahead of us. But we can do, there's something that we can do about our, descent, our descents, the ones that comes behind us. The generation that's following us is the one we can affect. We can't do nothing, not one thing about our past. What we can do is, a, is the, of our family, our, of our future. We should be willing, we should be living as pilgrims in this land, not driving our tent stakes down too deep. We don't need to be tied to this world. We need to be, be pilgrims just passing through. We should be leading with no, no compromise for the generation that's following us. We need to be leading them to God. We need to be no compromise in their souls. We don't need to compromise in letting them get any further away than we can allow, that God allows. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 24, we find 
Pharaoh calls unto Moses and said, Go ye serve the Lord. Now he said, Okay, go ye serve the Lord and let your flocks and your herds stay. But let your little ones also go with you. Now he's okay with the kids. I mean, they've had enough plagues. He's had enough. Pharaoh said, okay, you can carry the kids now. But your flocks and your herds has to stay behind. What he was wanting them to leave behind was their resources. He was wanting them to leave their monetary support. Just but like before, he knew if, he, if they left that, they didn't have no support. There was no way they could stand on their own. They didn't have no food. They didn't have a grocery store they could go to. Their flocks and their herds, that was their sustainable source of living. But also he wanted them to leave because what their, their flocks and their herds represented was their money in our day and time. He wanted to leave their monetary support in Egypt because when you leave, you know, the, the Bible talks about where someone pull out puts their money is a lot of times where their heart is. And so he was wanting them to leave all their support and all their money, all their any way they can support their life. He wanted to leave that in Egypt. Sometimes in our in this world we're living we're 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 willing to spend unlimited amounts of money for the entertainment of this world, entertainment of this world. But when it comes to God Sometimes we, let, we, we, leave or not, we leave our monetary support with the world because sometimes when we come to church, and I know this is a given church, and I'm not just, because we've been talking about offerings and how much we've gave, so I'm not trying to bring a damper on this, but, but sometimes in our life we, we, we put our monetary stuff in the world. We compromise entertainment. We compromise the, our money into this world and, and not give it to God. But but things in our life we we're willing to give to God. We should be willing to give everything to God. Exodus ten and verse twenty five. Moses he answers the question when he says when Pharaoh asks him to leave the flocks, leave the herds. Exodus chapter ten and verse twenty five says, and Moses answers what he this this request. He says, Moses said, Thou must give us also to sacrifice and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. In verse, verse 26, he says, Our cattle also shall go with us. And this next statement he makes to Pharaoh lets me know that Moses, was he's done compromising. He's done de- deliberating with Pharaoh. He says, There shall not a hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take and serve the Lord our God and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. Here Moses says, not just a cow, not just an ox, or not just a goat, but not a hoof will be left in Egypt. We're not leaving nothing that belongs to us. We're not leaving nothing in this world that God has promised us. Anything that belongs to us, we carry it all. We carry every hoof out of, this, out of Egypt is going with us when we leave. The devil can get us, if he can get us to compromise on any little small thing, he has a hold on us. If he can get us to leave one hoof, 
If he can just get us to compromise on what we know we've been taught to live. Oh, I'm, I'm living this much for God. But if he can get us to compromise just a little bit, he has a hold on us. The importance Moses had for getting all and everything out of Egypt is because the children of Israel had been here at this crossroad before. As I'm closing, as the musicians come, and I'm not closing, but as the musicians come, I'm kind of winding down. We find the children at this crossroad before in Genesis chapter 50, where Jacob was in the last couple of chapters of Genesis, we find the end of Jacob's life. Joseph, you know, he has the dreams. He's been sold into slavery into Egypt. He's been, you know, the famine comes. He supplies his family with the food and sustain their life. You know, God ordained all, you know, got all this, had all this, worked all this out for for Jacob and his family. But we find Jacob in chapter 49, in the first part of 50, we find Jacob at the end of his life. He, and he has his children, he has Joseph and his other sons to promise him. Here they are in Egypt. They've been here since the famine. Since God's restored them, they've moved to, to Egypt. But here in Genesis 50, we, or 50, we find Jacob has passed away. But before he passed away, he made them promising they would not bury his body, this fleshly body, in Egypt. He says, carry me, carry me home. Carry me to the land that was promised to my fathers. That bury me there. Do not bury me here. Do not bury my bones in Egypt. So, so verse, chapter 50 and verse 8, we find Joseph honoring his father's wish. And it says in verse 8, he says, and all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen, which is in Egypt. Skip down to verse 14. And Joseph, after they buried his father, and Joseph returned unto Egypt, he and his brethren, and all went up with him to bury his father. All that went up with him to bury his father, and after, after they had buried his father. Here we find them returning back to Egypt because they left their kids. They left their flocks in Egypt. The, the, the part of this story is the famine's over. There's no reason that Joseph and his brothers and his family are still in Egypt. The famine's over. They could go home. When they went home to bury their father, the land that was promised to them, they could have stayed in the promised land. But here they are going back to Egypt. And as Brother Chris talked about this morning, Brother Egypt is always referred to as going back, back, going backwards. And here they're going back to Egypt. And we wonder why would they go back to Egypt? Because we, they had fell in love with Egypt. They had fell in love with the lifestyle of Egypt. But this same Egypt, the same Egypt that they had fell in love with, became their captive in the book of Exodus. The same Egypt that they had fell in love with is the same Egypt that wouldn't let them, allow them to leave. Wouldn't allow them, was holding them captive and had held them captive for many years. Look what, as we look at this story, look at what Joseph left in Egypt 
in Genesis chapter 50. The very things he left in Egypt. And look in Exodus, what the very things that Pharaoh wanted to keep. The children, the herds, and the flocks. That was two of the things that he was persistent, was the last things that he let go. When you, what, the things that you're willing to compromise in your life is the things that the enemy is going to want to keep. Today as we stand in this house, we're, as, as we, we face this world, we can't compromise our relationship with God. Everything that we face, the devil is wanting us to compromise. He, he's okay with us going just a little bit, doing little things for God, as long as we stay under his influence. But in, he, he's okay with us as long as we, can, we stay in his influence. But the th- very things that we want to, not careful that we compromise in our life, the things that, that, that has a hold on us, is the very things that the enemy is going to use against us. Today, as, as every eye is closed in this house, Today, we can't be willing to compromise anything in our life. Today, I ask you, before you leave this place, if you'll find a place with God and give it all to Him, we need to be willing to carry it all all out of Egypt in our life. We need to take care of everything, the dark spots in our life. As we gather around the front today, as you find a place and give it all to God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.